Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. Our life's journey is a long road with turns, bumps, and yes, even lots of obstacles. It's these challenges that not only present lessons to us, but strengthens us. My special guest is a true testament to that. He was born with a rare bone disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta and has gone through nearly 70 bone breaks, 12 surgeries, and four steel rods. So needless to say, he's had a long road. But along that road, he's rediscovered himself and has transformed to being fit and is now running and jumping. Additionally, he's the author of the book, Disable Your Disability, and helps others overcome their disabilities with his podcast, Tony Talks. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Tony Jacobson. Hey, Tony, thanks a lot, man. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Aubrey, for having me today. I'm so excited. Hello to all the listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, man, we're equally excited big time. So, so Tony, let's just jump right into it, right? All right, uh, yeah. Give us a little more insight on this, uh, this bone disorder. You know, what causes it? How is it diagnosed, uh, at least in your experience? Well, OI, or osteogenesis imperfecta, um, is basically translated into um, improper bone structure and or imperfect bone structure, and it's um, a disorder that is hereditary, so it comes down through DNA, um, but it can also be caused through basically spontaneous mutation in the DNA, which at this point in my life, I believe I am a spontaneous mutation because uh, nobody in my family line uh, has indicated a why before me. Uh, now, maybe way back uh, to records that I can't get to, So, um, but I'm assuming that because usually it comes from the mother or father directly, right. and uh, there's a 50-50 chance of passing it to your children. So, um, you know, there's that to consider as well. But OI basically is fragile bones. It's uh, having brittle bones. And, um, again, it's improper bone structure. So it's a disorder that, um, you know, in the DNA and in the structure of the collagen in the body and in the bones, it just doesn't structure it correctly. And then it leaves the bones fragile. So there are a bunch of different types of OI. Um, basically, there's four main ones going all the way from uh, type 1, type 2, type 3, and type 4, and they're all based on severity. So I personally have type 1, which is one of the milder forms, and type 3 is one of the more severe forms. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's folks, other folks that have OI that have broken hundreds of times, that are wheelchair-bound, that, you know, um, have suffered early death because of because of OI. Um and so there's different types. Uh, they actually have 18 different types, and they get really intricate when they start getting into the higher numbers. But it's basically the four where, you know, it's either severe or mild. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of different treatments for OI, and every case of OI is different as far as how many breaks people will have, um, how physically active they can be. So, uh, like I said, some more severe types are wheelchair-bound. Um, having to use a chair, other types like myself. I mean, I came out of a wheelchair and went to crutches and then started walking through my life. There's people that, 
started walking and then ended up going into a wheelchair later in life. So, you know, it just depends on the person's, um, well, there's a lot of factors and we'll get into it, I'm sure, but there's a lot of factors that determine someone's well-being and, uh, you know, really quality of life um, when it comes to having OI. I see. I see. And, and you know, you alluded to uh, one of the things that I was actually going to ask you uh, uh, for my next question. You know, once you're diagnosed with it and you have, I, I didn't know there were varying levels of it based on severity, but um, can one say, unfortunately, advance from, say, a level one to like a level two or three, or are you just given that level one and it doesn't uh, progress uh, at any point. Yeah, it won't. As far as your classification and your diagnoses, mm -hmm. it uh, it won't advance. Oh, and that's one other thing I wanted to uh, just interject really quickly. Sure. You get diagnosed through a genetic test, and um, back when I was uh, diagnosed, this was in the early 70s, mm -hmm. I actually, um, there was only two types. You were either severe or uh, mild, and, you know, it's progressed to the 4 and to the 18, but, um, you know, that's how you get diagnosed with it, through a genetic testing. And then once you are genetically tested and they tell you, okay, your DNA and your collagen, like it falls into this category and that's this type or this type, that's where you stay. And then the severity of it, again, just depends on your yourself, you know, and, and what where you're at in the level. Because then in each type, there can be a severe and a mild. I see. So, yeah, it really, it really does depend. But you cannot go from like a type 1 to a type 3. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That that that's that's very helpful. So, um, as you know, um, with uh, this show, we like to inspire and reach out and connect with people who are struggling and going through really tough times. No matter what the adversity or the affliction, um, man. And I tell you, um, I know in my heart of hearts that we are going to connect with someone out there who is going through. A rough road, you know, much like how you are going to explain to us in this discussion. So um, we know that one of the sources of strength comes from those dark times. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's part of what builds your strength, right? Dark times of despair, misery, um, even depression. So take us through your dark time and the defining moment when you realize that that there is actually hope. You know, I had a, I've had a few of those times in my life, mm -hmm. um, you know, because of this disability, there were, you know, a multitude of times growing up, uh, being bullied, going through times of loneliness, having depression, like throughout my life, right. uh, depressive times where, you know, I would be, have a broken bone and end up having surgery and be laid up for eight weeks laying in a cast, you know, so I've had like multiple dark times kind of throughout my life and I've always tried to tried my best to stay positive through them and um, it really wasn't until you know maybe about five six years ago uh, when I got to my early 40s and I, that I kind of hit the darkest time and that really was a culmination I finally realized of everything kind of that had happened in my life up until that point right and for me it really boiled down to um just like the fear of death, you know, that's the best way for me to explain it. Cause for me, my physical, 
body, you know, has been limited since the day I was born. And because of that, it created a lot of emotional and mental, uh, you know, disabilities within me as well. And throughout my whole life, I wasn't physical. And like when I got to my 40s, I was in the worst kind of physical shape of my life. And that was beyond just having a disability. Right. So I was very overweight. I was, you know, on over-the-counter medications, uh, just not feeling well like every day. I mean, I was still surviving. I was still doing my life. I was still working and and doing things creatively, et cetera. But, you know, I just felt – I didn't feel right. And, uh, you know, it was just getting progressively worse as I reached my late 30s. And um, finally, you know, like there was a point – gosh, I was like 42, like right around 42 years old. And I was having severe stomach pain like every day. And it was just getting to me, you know, and I was like, I got to go see the doctor. So I went to go see the doctor and, you know, he told me he we did an EKG test. So that's a test of the heart to see, you know, look at the heart waves and see how it's going. Um, He did an EKG. He came in and he told me, well, it looks like you might have had a small heart attack. And like that, that right there was kind of my breaking point, kind of my darkest because number one, my fear of death and number two, you know, just everything in my life at that time and and knowing that this could be, this could take me out. um, That's where I realized I needed to do something different. Right. And I needed to change and I needed to change like in me, you know, and they always say that like people won't change unless they're ready to change. And I think it was that moment when I was told that and realizing just how I had let myself go and understanding that it was a lot to do with my disability was a huge part of it. Right. Um, I, I knew I had to do something different and I knew I had to like change who I was in order to survive basically. Oh, for sure. For sure. hundred percent. So as a result of the being sedentary, um, the small heart attack manifested from that. Is that right? I got you. That's, that's exactly it. And it wasn't anything that I understood until I was ready to change. Right. You know? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, it, the change has to come from within and it has to come from the person who wants the change. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so now you've realized that, Hey, I need to turn things around. Um, I have a fear of death and, and that's a legitimate fear. If you ask me, right? yeah, it, it, it totally is, you know? And so now you're making you're you're making this 180, and you are on the road to rediscover. You are on the road to recovering yourself um, and getting fit in a major way. So um, obviously, on that part of the journey, there's challenges and stumbles too, but you pers- but you persevere, right? So during that part of the journey, I'm sure there are things that you've learned or discovered about yourself. Um, that was part of a result of, of, of what you've endured so far? Was there any discoveries about yourself or things like revelations you've learned about yourself uh, on, on that um, journey back? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the the most critical time for me. You know, I um, I talk about it in the book, and I like to call it the gap because it really was the gap between that time, that moment that I said I got to do something, to the moment that I actually did something. Because there was this period of time of this learning, of this growing, of this understanding, and trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, just as I did, because here I am. I can break my bones easily, but I'm being told, hey, you got to exercise, you got to lift these heavy weights, right. right? So it's a contradiction to what I've known my entire life. I have to do something that's the exact opposite, you know? Yeah. So for me, it was like, what are you talking about? Like, how do we even do that? I'm going to hurt myself. And then on top of all that, I'm living with be careful in my head constantly right like from when i was born that's what i was told everybody told me that um you know for a while when i was a kid i thought that was my name because everyone would say tony be careful so right. you know i'm like oh my last name is be careful i guess you know so right. that's what i thought you know sure and so i lived with that even when i went through the progression of being in a wheelchair being on crutches and then walking like being careful has always been something that i lived by a motto and for me, even more because of the brittle bones. Right. So during this gap period, I had to learn to um, push myself. I had to learn to not be careful. I had to learn to do things that I didn't think were possible for myself. Um, you know, just in the mere fact of exercise, in moving my body in certain ways, in pushing it to limits that I thought I couldn't get past. Right. So there was this full mental game that I had to kind of play with myself and get through, and then that pushed me, and then I kind of did the physical thing at the same time, and it was all a culmination to this point at the end of this gap where I was like, okay, I have to do this. I got to start exercising. I got to start working out. I got to start eating better. And so working through all those mental and emotional blocks was the biggest part for me. And I realized for myself through it all that it was not only, you know, for myself, I, I realized, oh, I can push through these mental things and these emotional things, which is awesome. Right. But I can even do the physical things, which is even more awesome. Oh, yeah. So it, I mean, I think it's all awesome when, when we can push through it all because I truly believe every piece of the puzzle fits together. You can't do one without the other. Right. But for me, you know, I didn't realize that till after. Um, and for a lot of people, they don't either. But that's what I realized about myself is that I can really push myself um, past limits that I didn't think I could um, physically, especially with my brittle bones, and then mentally – you know, psychologically, emotionally as well. And I really, and we had talked about this kind of in our, in our pre-talks, right. you know, it really came down to me embracing my disability. And mm -hmm. that's really the crux of it all. And when I did that, I was able to then examine myself, see, you know, what I was doing to myself mentally, emotionally, and physically based on my disability. And then I was able to get through it. Gotcha. So, you know, it's all of that combined, but, um, yeah, it's been it, that journey to just get started and just get through it all. And it was amazing. It was just life changing. I'm a completely different person now, man, Tony, that is amazing. I mean, just to, like you said, to get started on that journey, it requires a major mind shift, doesn't it? Absolutely. It was, I mean, that's the first place it has to happen. 
Great. you know, uh, changing our thoughts changes our life. And like, that's the thing that I didn't understand. I didn't get that. You know, when I started my journey, a lot of people that are listening right now may not get that either, but that's where it starts. Um, just changing that thought because then that will change your action. And, um, for me, that's what it was about. And then, and, you know, for people that I've been helping, that's what I've been really focusing on too. Cause a lot of people come to me for advice on physical activity and exercise, but I always, you know, I always start with, well, what do you think about it? Right. And then we you get into a conversation. So yeah, it's really about changing that thought, man. Um, that, that, and that's the first part for sure. For sure. So, yeah. so, um, when you say embracing the disability, um, mm-hmm. is it is it fair to assume that you know people who are uh, going through something very similar or quite relatable uh, circumstances, uh, when it comes to making that one eighty that turnaround, um, embracing it almost seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, you know, that's what it felt like for me, too, because there's different levels. So, like, even for me personally, I went through a huge denial phase where I just was like, well, I'm not disabled. I don't have a disability. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm good. (laughs) Um, You know, still still having to suffer the consequences of it. I was still breaking bones, still in the hospital, still not able to do things physically that other people could do. But here I am saying, no, I'm good, I'm good. Um, So there's this denial phase. And then there's the next phase where then people let the disability control everything about them, where it's like you're you're not embracing it. You're kind of letting it control you, right? Right. And so it's all about the disability. And it's like, well, I can't do it. No, but I'm disabled. But I have this. But I have that. You know, there's the but factor. Mm-hmm. And then for me and what I discovered and what I try and, you know, teach is really the embracing of the disability. Like how do you live with your disability in power? Right. How You know, how can you – really like change the way you think about your disability and start to do things in power in your life so that you can succeed in advance and and do things that you didn't think you could do. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And you know, I have a very uh, silly um, analogy or metaphor, I guess you can say. (laughs) Um, When I hear you say embracing the disability, I kind of relate it to many years ago when I first learned how to water ski, okay? And so uh, being in the water with the skis on your feet, and uh, it's, 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 it's unlike any being submerged any other time before the first time you learn. And so with that, you know, I'm like, okay, how, you know, what should I do? do just pretend I don't have the skis on and, and, and just, you know, just let the, let the rope pull me as needed. Well, no, I had to be one with the skis. I had to embrace them. Right. And, and, and just be one with the skis and learn how to coexist with the skis and, and use them and leverage them instead of letting it consume me. Um, just so, you know, you can have motion to ski across the top of the water or something. Again, it's a silly metaphor, but it's it's how I interpret what you're saying by embracing the disability. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's it's great. A lot of people can relate to that as well. You know, it, when it comes to learning anything of that fashion, right. it's exactly that becoming one. You know, like you're saying with skiing, they say that in surfing too. You got to be one with the board and the wave. You right. know, you right. have to under you have to just be there. You can't be one or the other. You can't be afraid of it. You can't be uh, letting the board just kind of take you. You right. have to be one with whatever it is that you're involved with. So that's absolutely it. Embracing the disability was that becoming, you know, the full person that I am, the full person that I am. Oh, that was sure. the, the big lesson. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and you know, um, that embracing um, concept that you and I just chatted about, um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it kind of segues over to my next question, and I wonder what the answer is going to be. So <laughs> as, as, as you continue to move forward and thrive, you know, what is your secret ingredient? Um, some people say secret sauce. I'm not a fan of that term. But <laughs> what is your secret ingredient for, for continued growth, right? Is it a particular quote or a mindset or a pivotal person? Um, it's a few things. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It's a few things. Um, first of all, I agree with you. Secret sauce isn't good, mostly because those sauces aren't healthy. You know, right. they're filled <laughs> with all sorts of things that shouldn't be eaten. For sure. But um, yeah, so let's go with secret ingredient. I love it. Um, I would say it's a few things. A, a quote that I love is "Life begins at the end of your comfort zone" uh, by Neil Donald Walsh. That's awesome. one that I, I live by because that's what I learned. Awesome. This process of growth for me is, man, I can't be comfortable. If I really want to learn and grow and become someone different, I have to get out of my comfort zone. So that's something that I definitely push myself to do now mm -hmm. <clears throat> because even now, you know, I'm reaching goals and, and I understand goal setting and, you know, physically, mentally and all that. But, you know, I also know that, there is no perfection. There's only practice. So you keep going. We are always uh, a work in progress. So, you know, the strongest people are always trying, trying to get stronger. Right. You know, fittest people are always trying to be more fit. Uh, the smartest people are trying to be more smart. So it's like there's always um, the growth to be had. And so for me, I think it's that a continual learning process, being open to being uncomfortable um, in a good way. Right. I think a lot of people get comfortable with being uncomfortable and then they're not in a good spot. But I think if it's meant for growth um, and to push you to do something extraordinary, then I, I absolutely think it's great to be uncomfortable just for a spell, you know, as you get through the, the, the growing spurt. But I think that's one of the, the secret ingredients to what I'm doing now since I've kind of gone through my big transformation is taking everything, looking at everything in a new light and understanding, okay, where where can we grow here, be uncomfortable, make changes, and continue to learn about myself, um, especially, like just self-development, right. uh, self-improvement, right. uh, reading, uh, understanding more about people, interacting with people. So it's really a lot of ingredients, I guess. It's a, it's a lot going on, but I think that's how I continue now. It's really, it comes down to that learning process of, okay, what can I learn from this? And, you know, can I get, make myself a little uncomfortable? Because then I know it's something that's going to be extraordinary. 
Oh, for certain, for certain. So yeah. you can even call it a, a blend of ingredients, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Which could end up being a sauce, by the way. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, you know, we have to be, be careful, careful with that, that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, like you said, that quote where life begins when you feel some discomfort, it, yes. um, it, it kind of reminds me of um, – just something I've well, I'm a big boxing fan, and so Muhammad Ali is one of my uh, one of my early childhood heroes, and and I I've read books, you know, um, written by his daughter, um, you know, on his behalf, uh, just just growing up and stuff, and you know, just the journey he's had is very extraordinary. But anyhow, there was a part in that uh, in his book where um, he said that. Literally, when he began his exercises like sit-ups, okay, or push-ups, um, he would do them and do them and do them and wouldn't even, like, uh, keep count, right? And the first time he started to feel the soreness and the pain of them, he would begin with one. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and that was one for him, you know. Yeah. And not the very beginning, but once he started to feel the soreness and the pain, that's when he counted one and then yes. start going from there. So, I don't know. To me, I found that very profound, you know, in, yeah. in more than just physical exercise, but in so many other ways. Yeah, that's where it starts. It really starts uh, – the, the growth process starts at, at that one. And, you know, I mean it is in physical exercise. That's how muscles grow. You know, okay. you're tearing muscles apart when you're exercising. You're actually creating damage for them to grow. So oh, yeah. that speaks volumes to, you know, not only the physical being but uh, emotionally and mentally. I mean we've got to tear some things apart. we got to really dig in, uh, feel some pain in order to get through – and, uh, and grow. Oh, for sure. Break down the buildup, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your book, Disable Your Disability. Yeah, well, the book's Disable Your Disability, uh, Live the Healthy Life You Deserve. And, you know, I really wrote this book after I went through my transformation. I mean, it's a book that's been in the making for 47 years. That's how long I've been alive. Mm -hmm. But I really wrote it after I went through my biggest transformation because I really felt that I had something important that I needed to share. And so the book itself is kind of half memoir and then half how-to. So I kind of talk about my journey physically, what it's meant to me, my disability, what I've done to embrace it and learn how to, again, work with it and be one with it. And then after I kind of tell my story, uh, then I give you the how-to. I, I tell you how to do it. We talk about, you know, um, changing what you changing your thought from what you can't do to what you can do right like simple simple concepts like that but i really dig into a few and so we talk about the mental game we talk about the physical game like how to get going with physical exercise if you have a physical disability if you're if you have limited mobility if you're just struggling with just getting going you know you don't even have to have a disability even if you're just you're just not able to get going you right. know i i tell you how to do it in a, in a good, uh, you know, easy to understand way. And then we talk about eating, you know, it's okay, let's talk about what we need to eat because we've got to fuel the body. And so, you know, and then kind of the end of the book, I talk about the new you and, and what it means after all is said and done because you really do transform into a completely different person. So I really kind of dig into that a little bit at the end because a lot of people get scared of that. Um, 
they get scared to be somebody else when they kind of go through a transformation. So right. I kind of talk about that a little bit and uh, put people at ease so that they can feel a little bit more empowered and, and feel some strength in that too. But uh, yeah, that's what the book is. It's really, you know, it's my story. So you have a connection, you know, where I'm coming from, uh, you know, the information I'm giving you is from my own experience. For sure. And then I kind of go into the how to, like, this is how you do it. And then just follow along. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, and where is that book available? Well, you can get it. Um, best way is to get it through my website, disableyourdisability.com. And through there, you'll find the links to Amazon. It's available on Amazon, paperback, ebook, and also the audio version. Uh, so you can get it on Audible. And then there's a few other retailers uh, that you can get the paperback through and as well as the ebook. So visiting the website is the best way to kind of channel through to get to, uh, to get to the book. But I know a lot of people are just straight on Amazon. So if you're on Amazon, you're like to shop there you can find it just search disable your disability gotcha fantastic man awesome so you know um i'm, I'm sure some of our listeners uh, either have a disability that they're struggling with or they have a loved one with a disability so um it sounds like the podcast that you host tony talks could be a great resource for strength and encouragement can you tell us more about it yeah absolutely tony talks you know i i just started, I think, last summer, and it really was a creation that came from um, the thought of, man, I just kind of want to put my thoughts out there in, in a deeper way. Yeah. With, you know, I have a YouTube channel that's pretty big, and I do videos, but on YouTube, you know, the videos are limited as far as the time is concerned. They're well produced. I write out scripts sometimes, and it's just kind of short bites of information. The podcast, I really want it to be more in depth because I feel with podcasts, just like this one, you know, we're more willing to sit and listen for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. That's right. So with the podcast, I felt that I could really get deeper into just my mind and, um, you know, the thoughts that I had about certain things. I also right. have episodes where I answer questions and, and talk about specific uh, physical activity things and exercise and eating better. But there is a lot to do with just the psychological game of having a disability and, and what that means in life and how to live uh, a healthy and a happy life. And that's what it is all about for me is that that's the end game, happiness. Yeah. So through the podcast – I really want to bring that and that, you know, it's really been a great platform because again, it's expanding on like all the other stuff that I've done, the book, the, the YouTube channel, and it's really given me another platform to be able to just dive deeper and just give more information and just share as much as I can to help others. And it does cover, you know, if you, I think anybody that, Anybody can listen. So if you have a disability or if you have a loved one that has a disability, I think you'll glean a lot of great information and insight by listening to the podcast. Gotcha. Awesome. Man, man, that's awesome. And, and that sounds like a huge resource for uh, those individuals. And, and so uh, thank you so much for, for sharing the podcast of yeah. Tony Talks. All right. <laughs> I love the name too. It's very catchy. Thank you. You know, it's funny because I was trying to, I was going to label it like disable your disability. And I've been trying more to just um, 
I, I didn't want it all to be under that same brand. Right. Because I think Tony Talks, again, goes deeper into who I am. Right. Tony, because uh, to save your disability is kind of the brand of the book. And mm-hmm. so with the podcast, again, it's just getting into deeper of who I am as Tony. So it really is that. I'm just talking, like, you know, for a while. And yeah. people are listening, I hope. So it's, uh, it's, a great, uh, it's a great platform. Thank you. Right on. No, that's awesome, man. I'm digging that big time. All right, so now we are at the segment where we call uh, Three for the Road. And Three for the Road, Tony, these are three rapid-fire but thought-provoking and inspiring questions that I would ask you. Um, I know I sent you a list of questions ahead of time, but these were not included, right? They were not included. And I thought it was a typo, but it wasn't a typo. It purposefully didn't include them. By design, my friend, by design. I love it. I appreciate it. Oh, great. So the objective is to see if you can answer these questions in five words or less. If, if if, If it takes... More than five words, so that's quite all right. Okay, we don't, we don't have a scorecard, but just to see if you can answer in five words or less. Uh, uh, I've heard the phrase at times that, you know, you can say some of the biggest things in the fewest words. Yes. You know, yes. And, and sometimes uh, I'm quite a verbose person, so there are times when I'm like, man, how can I just take this statement that I want, this powerful statement, and can just condense it to this chunk that says it all, right? Exactly. So, yeah, and that's a challenge that I tend to kind of have with myself when it comes to anything as simple as writing an email to someone, right? So, I like to project that same challenge to my guests. <laughs> well, I am, I'm totally down. I feel the same. I've been working, like, ever since I wrote the book, yeah. it's been that. Because just the simple fact of writing the book, of how am I going to tell my life story in 100 pages? Right. That's what it's about. It's, it's about finding the right words, using the right words. So I, I love this challenge. Oh, fantastic. Sounds like you're up for it. So I'm going to kick off with the first question. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, number one, in your deepest, darkest of times, where do you find the light? In my deepest, darkest of times, where do I find the light? All right, yeah, these are going to be tough. Okay, uh, let's see. (laughs) Five words or less. I'm going to use my fingers. Okay, let's see. Okay. Um... I look within. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I look within. Well said. That that that, that mm-hmm. says a lot for sure. <laughs> All right. Number two. If you were the I don't know, owner, the mayor, the king, some leader, you know, of of a new city, a brand new city, and you can only make one law that people must follow, what would it be? If I was the leader of a brand new city and I could only make one law, what would it be? Everyone must smile. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Everyone must smile. See, you you had words to spare on that one. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right, I'm digging that. And Tony, question number three. Fill in the blank. Freedom is... 
fill in the blank. Freedom is being happy with yourself every day. Very nice. Very nice. Was that five? Was that five? It was close. Let's see. Being nice with yourself every day. I don't know. Is every day one word or two words? I guess it's... Uh, it could be It could be both, I think. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> so if we kind of like split the hairs and bend it a little bit, I'd, I'd put it on, in, in, the, in the five, in the five cool. threshold. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic, man. I'm digging it. So, Tony, it's been an honor and a privilege having you on the show, man. It really has oh, thank been. You. No, no, thank you. It's my, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to meet you and, and hear about your journey and and be a part of this and be able to reach out to your listeners. I think it's important what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm right in line with your message, with what I'm working on, too. So I think, you know, both of us, we need to keep doing this. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, my friend. And I, I hope we get to connect on future endeavors for sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, thanks to Tony and a big thanks to all of you for checking in and listening. And thanks to you, The Road to Rediscovery is now a five-star podcast on iTunes. So if you haven't yet done it, please remember to subscribe, rate, and leave some feedback. I want, to, I want this podcast to grow to be an ever better life-changing experience for you and many others. That's the only reason I want the growth, not for me, but to change lives in a positive way and make it ever better for all of you. The Roads Rediscovery is part of a revolution. And guess what? You're now a part of it. So together we are roadies. And it sure feels good having you on the journey. Don't forget to check out Tony's website, disableyourdisability.com, to read all the information that he has to share and to order his book as well. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll chat again soon.